Welcome to the Investing Tutor Podcast, the show for professionals looking to master the most up-to-date strategies needed to build wealth and provide a stable financial future. Here's your host, Dr. Hans Boateng. Hello friends, Dr. Hans here, the Investing Tutor, and I have an incredible episode for you today. So joining us on the podcast is my beautiful wife, Tiffany Schaefer-Boating. We'll talk about money. We'll talk about investing. You all will get to know a little bit more about her, what she does, how she you know, came to become more comfortable with investing, and what it is like being the wife of Dr. Hans, the investing tutor. So without further ado, you all help me welcome Tiffany Boateng. Hi, Dr. Hans. <laughs> hey, welcome to the Investing Tutor Podcast. So, Beauty, let's start off with this. As someone who is always kind of hyper-focused on money, investing, and that's like the only thing I want to talk about, what, what, what does it feel like? Do you think it's normal? Do you think I overdo it? What do you think? Okay, everyone. Well, I'm glad we get my perspective. This is all Dr. Hans talks about all day, every day, even in his sleep. Um, as many of you know, we have our first child, Princeton, and Princeton was a three-hour baby, we like to call it, so he would get up every three hours for feeds. I'm a physician assistant during the day, so I needed sleep, and Hans is a night owl and likes to work all through the night, so he was okay feeding the baby around the clock while I slept. So now, times have changed. The baby's seven months old, sleeping longer, and I find my husband still going to bed at 5 a.m., 6 a.m., working on the investing tutor, and he also will fall asleep with AirPods listening to stock reports and business dynamics and things going on in the world and have to remove the AirPod out of his ear in the middle of the night. <laughs> That's what it's like married to Dr. Han. Okay. Well, I did not know that she was going... I, I didn't even know all of this information. Well, specifically the one about the AirPods. So that is... Um, it's interesting to hear that. <laughs> so Beauty, one of the remarkable things that I think for me, shifted my life. You know, back when we met at UB, I didn't know much about like money, credit cards, anything of that nature. And I remember this one time I was in my room and I was paying a credit card bill and you were there and you saw I was, you know, paying $25, but I think the total amount was like $1,000, like the balance was $1,000. And you came over and you're like, hey, why are you paying $25 on the card? And I'm like, well, that's what the bank is asking for. Like, look, I even showed you. I was like, look, they, they are saying the minimum payment is $25. And what did you say to me at that point? My jaw dropped. So the background about us is I don't even know if we were dating at this point or not, but we were hanging out, watching House. Um, that's kind of how we all met. We loved watching House back in the day. And he had this big, what is it, Panasonic TV? Yeah. Panasonic. Yeah. How many inches? <laughs> it was big. 42. And yeah, one day you hopped online to pay this credit card. And 
I don't know. To my mind, it comes $15 comes to mind. Maybe okay, it was 15. 25 Who knows? But yeah. whatever it was, it was too little. <laughs> and I came from the background of uh, my father being a financial advisor. And I think I had an 800 credit score by the time I was 16 and didn't even know it because my dad was prepping my brother and I from day one. Uh, we had you know, a car for the first time when I was 16 and he said, put gas on it every week and then we'd pay the whole thing at the end of the month. And that's how I guess my credit score became so high. I mean, here I am 16, I could care less or really even know what it means. So then I, by the time college came around, I realized, oh, okay, so whatever you buy at the end of the month when the credit card comes, you have to pay for the whole thing regardless. And I was told, don't even pay attention to that minimum thing. So here I see Hans doing it and I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, that's all they want. 15 or let's say $25. And I'm like, you're never going to pay it off. He's like, what do you mean? <laughs> So that's how the investing tutor was probably born back in the day, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So, I mean, I was shocked that, I, you know, when I came to the U.S., the first time I got a credit card was when I went to this store. I was going to buy, what was it? Best Buy, the TV. Yeah. They told me I could open up a card and... I was going in there to just make a very simple purchase. I wasn't planning on buying a TV at that time. But then when I went in, they told me I could open a card. Oh, and then right. They approved, then you got the TV. Mm-hmm. Then they approved me for like 2000 or something like that. And then I, I bought the TV. I bought like a Xbox 360. I bought all of these games. And, and that's how I got that uh, you know first credit card, if you will. And I, I just started paying what they were asking for, like the $15 or $25. You see, Tiff was sharing about how her dad kind of started early with building her credit score and, you know, helping her get access to credit. Yeah, he was doing that before we even knew what was going on. He set us up for success, which Mm. now we know, uh, you know, when we got into college, what was going on, the purpose for it. But yeah, from... 16 we were educated don't even pay attention to that minimum number you see how disparities in wealth can begin to build right between people of color versus you know whites because like my wife and if you all couldn't tell by her accent she in Ghana we say she's an American that's like you know that was a term that we used but brony brony yeah <laughs> There's that disparity because in Tiff's household, she was taught about money, about credit, even from a young age. I I wasn't. And that's what I see happen to a lots of individuals in our community. We don't understand how money works. We don't understand how credit works. And most importantly, we don't understand how investing works. So let's talk about when... I encouraged you to sign up for a 401k because that's the bit where you were like, well, why didn't my dad tell me about a 401k? You remember? When did you start investing? Did you do a 401k first before? No. So I probably worked two years being a physician assistant with no 401k. Mm -hmm. I was not comfortable with money. 
I was very good at paying my bills and everything that was due, but I didn't believe in the whole investing thing, probably because I wasn't confident in it and I wasn't educated enough in it to realize how beneficial it can be, I'll say. Um, To me, I just wanted to put everything in a savings account because it was my money. I worked for it. I have access to it at any time. And I felt like if everybody did that, then we wouldn't be greedy trying to grow money in the stock market. And no one really, my dad didn't teach me how the 401k really worked. Everyone just says, well, you need to do it. You need to do it. You need to have it. Okay, great. But I didn't. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm. So you signed up for your 401k and you remember how in like two years you looked at, and we're not going to disclose their balance, but in two years you looked at like how the 401k had grown and you were like quite surprised. So with that being said, let's transition to, and also in terms of like the breakdown of her other investment accounts through her employer, you also have an HSA, right? The health savings account, right? Yeah. So now I am the over investor to the point where the investing tutor doesn't even like how much of my paycheck I put in. Mm, mm, That is such a good point. So, you know, I'm looking at the way Tiff is investing and she's over investing in these employer sponsored accounts, right? Like at at a certain point, she was doing like 15% into 401k. Yeah. I went from the, (laughs) I'm not investing at all to jumping in full fledged. Yeah. And I was like, well, you don't want to be putting too much money into a retirement account. So I I kind of have this mentality that you want to contribute roughly about 10% of your income, right, to an employer-sponsored account so that you can take the additional and then place it in ETFs, stocks, Mm -hmm. because you don't have the flexibility to be able to pick and choose stocks or hyper-growth ETFs in a retirement account through an employer. 10% of an individual's income, I believe, should be going towards a 401k, and then they allocate the remaining. And I tried to push Tiff to do this, do this, do this, and I think you're still at about 12.5, right? Did you compromise and like reduce it by 2.5 from 15 to 12.5? That was the compromise. Yeah, that, that was the compromise. So I wasn't even able to bring her down to 10%. I'm never doing that. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't understand the out. Well, she understands it, but I think it's just a level of comfort knowing that, hey, it's there. But with- Hey, I know I'm talking to a lot of ladies out there because I'm sure they're in the same boat as me. If not, they were. And if they're listening to this podcast and following you, the investing tutor, then they have the willingness and knowledge to want to start investing. But look how long it took to me to get to that point. Mm. So first setting up the 401k, mm. then venturing out and learning ETFs mm-hmm. and stocks mm. and realizing how much more money you can get for going into ETFs due to the return. Yeah. So for someone who is on the fence, they're a bit hesitant about investing. The way that you gained confidence in investing, what would you say to that individual? You definitely need to invest and learn how to invest and trust who you invest 
or who's teaching you investing, the educator, which really doesn't exist. Uh, When we started the investing tutor, Hans basically found this niche that no one really does, um, especially for the minority population, let alone white Caucasian, which we have all this access to. And almost everyone who's a white Caucasian has a financial advisor like my father. We like to say the white 50-year-old male. And you're supposed to, you know, give your hardworking money to this person and trust that they're doing the right thing with it. But do you really know? And I feel like that's why women, especially, we don't want to invest because back in the day, the guy went to work, the mom stayed home with the kids, cooked and cleaned, and the dad went to work. And if they went to work, they usually took charge of the bills and and started investing for the family. Look how times have changed to today. We have more women in the workforce than ever. Um, we're now offering dads leave for having babies because there's so many women working and they can't step away from their job. So who's teaching us what to do with this money? Really nobody. And there's already this mindset now like it's you're uncomfortable because you don't know what to do with it you're hoping that this financial advisor knows what to do with your money and the biggest question for me is you're supposed to give what 10 percent we say to the 401k does this person ever ask you how much money do you need to retire Mm. i've never even talked to the guy at my work Ever. Not Mm. even once. Mm. I don't even think many people do. You have to take time out of your workday to sit down with this advisor they assign to your company. Or if you have a personal one, maybe you go talk to them once or twice a year. (laughs) But nobody brings that up. And then you look at the statistics and I think you say only 90 Now, 90% of people in the country cannot retire. Only 10% can financially fit. Yes. So that's pretty alarming. We have all these financial advisors, but only 10% of people can retire. Yeah. The reason is because a majority of the population, you know, is not going to pay five to $7,000 a year to have access to an advisor, Mm -hmm. right? And most people don't even know advisors on average cost about five to seven thousand per year. Mm-hmm. The reason most people don't know is because their fees are being taken off the top, meaning that they are taking their fees from your investment account. The account that's supposed to be growing, right? They are siphoning off a few percentage points off of that. And if you do the math, if you average it out, it ends up to be about five to seven thousand dollars per year. So most individuals who are paying, let's say, a 1.5% fee to, let's say, an advisor, they end up losing about 40 to 55% of their investment portfolio. Now, let me caveat what I just said with this important statement. I'm not saying don't have an advisor, right? That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is that... Yeah, my dad's an advisor. <laughs> All I'm saying is that educate yourself, right? So that you understand what the person is doing with your money if you choose to have an advisor. Yeah, maybe we should talk about this because okay. something just happened recently where 
I had uh, an amount of money to invest and my dad's telling me to do one thing with the money and Hans is telling me something completely different. Let's talk about I feel like I'm in a tug of war sometimes between the two of them. But after we spoke about it, Hans and I together, and he showed me what my father, the financial advisor, wanted me to put my money in. And we analyzed it. Yeah, it didn't add up. And to be specific, so Tiff's dad wanted her to put the money into bonds, right? Because bonds pay a fixed amount. Do you remember how he, he said that if you put your money here, you're going to always get a fixed amount of money? Right, yeah, right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, don't focus on getting a fixed amount of money right now. You need to grow that money. <laughs> remember? Right. You need to grow that money. And then in the future, when you're close to retirement, then you can transition over to more of your bonds or dividend stocks, which will throw off income. Right. And this is where I hope any female or even if you're a male listening, you can see the situation I'm in. Look at all this education I'm surrounded by with two experts and they both have different opinions. And this is why I was so turned off to money at the beginning and why I wanted to put everything into a savings account. Yeah, but uh, and I'm sure now you know, you definitely do that. Uh, keeping the money in a savings account. And, and I want to Worst caveat. Worst idea ever. Absolutely. Yes, we have money in the savings account mm-hmm. for emergency and we probably have more than we need to. More than Hans would like in there, but Absolutely. everyone has their comfort level, and mine is higher than his. So Tiff prefers having more money in a savings account. I prefer having more money in in, a, in the stock market, mm-hmm. right? But then we've been able to reach kind of like a, a compromise where yeah, we so are you reach able- your goal, and then the rest goes into investing. Exactly, and you all, you, I want to repeat what Tiff just said. Once an individual reaches the goal that they want to reach in their savings account, right? You allocate every additional fund. Yeah, everything. Everything. Right into that investment. Absolutely. Because as you say, the best time to invest was yesterday. Yeah, because of compound interest, you want Mm -hmm. to make sure your money is working hard for you so that you aren't like literally clocking in every day working for money. So you took the income that you've made ever since you joined Rodan in 2017, and then you invested all of that money. And now that money is working for you. As you know, most people would rather take that money, go spend it. Some people would just take it and use it to pay off debt, which is not building them wealth. But then you chose to use that money to build wealth, which I believe is phenomenal. So I want to ask you two questions and then we'll wrap up. Well, I have a lot of Apple. Okay. So from the very beginning, I bought Apple. Yeah. Like we're talking like 2012 or 2013. Yeah. That's when you, you bought Apple. Okay. Apple is a phenomenal investment. And what about your favorite ETF? ARK, 100%. ARK Invest, Kathy Wood. I love Kathy Wood. <laughs> She's phenomenal. Well, Beauty, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It was phenomenal. I hope that 
the individuals listening now you know know you a little bit better and that any woman or man who has been listening to the podcast now feels a little bit more comfortable when it comes to investing they don't oversave right yeah. and they focus on building wealth absolutely so is there any parting advice that you'd give to any of the listeners Definitely start investing today. Do not make excuses. Don't say you're going to do it tomorrow or this weekend. Start today and know who you're getting your advice from. Have a financial advisor, but educate yourself on how to invest, which you do and you offer. So I'm thankful I have that right here at my home base, but Start investing and invest smart. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Beauty, for joining us on today's podcast. You all, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Take care.